After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awuz and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih V, Ayyadahullah Ta'ala bin Nasrih Al-Aziz recited verses 56 and 57 of Surah Al-Nur. The translation of these verses is as follows. Allah has promised to those among you who believe and do good works that He will surely make them successors in the earth as He made successors from among those who were before them and that he will surely establish for them their religion which he has chosen for them, and that he will surely give them in exchange security and peace after their fear. They will worship me, and they will not associate anything with me. Then whoso is ungrateful after that, they will be the rebellious. And observe prayer and give the zakat, and obey the messenger that you may be shown mercy. 
Yesterday was 27th May, which is known in the Jamaat as Khilafat Day. And on Khilafat Day, our Jamaat holds various gatherings so that we may become acquainted with the history of the Jamaat and continue to realize our responsibilities with relation to the institution of Khilafat. And also, become those who after pledging allegiance to Khilafat fulfill their duties so that we may continue to receive the blessings of Allah the Almighty. Allah the Almighty has greatly blessed us by enabling us to accept the one sent by Allah the Almighty in this era who was sent to inform us about the true teachings of Islam. And then, after the promised Messiah we pledged allegiance to Khilafat so that we may implement the teachings brought to us by the promised Messiah and also to spread them throughout the world. Thus, being associated with khilafat Ahmadiyya places a great responsibility upon every Ahmadi. And it is only when we fulfill this responsibility that we will be able to do true justice to this blessing which has been bestowed upon us by Allah the Almighty. In the verses of the Holy Qur'an which I just recited, the promise made by Allah the Almighty regarding the establishment of faith and turning fear into peace is conditional upon us becoming those who have firm faith, who do good works and pay due regard to worship and do not associate any partners with Allah. One should abstain from every aspect of shirk i.e. associating partners with God. And in order to achieve these things, the worship of Allah the Almighty and Salat are absolutely necessary. Therefore, while following the manner of worship taught by Allah the Almighty, one must offer Salat. And furthermore, it is vital to spend in the way of Allah the Almighty. Therefore, one should spend in the way of God. And obedience to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is of paramount importance. Therefore, one must obey his every commandment. And it is only when we are mindful of these things and we strive to live our lives accordingly and when we truly strive to fulfill our oath of giving precedence to faith over worldly affairs that we will truly be able to partake of the bounties promised by Allah the Almighty. And it is only then that we will truly benefit from the bounty of Khilafat.
Hence, this verse of the Holy Quran presents a magnificent glad tiding for the believers. However, at the same time it is an opportunity to greatly reflect as well. Because if we do not fulfill these conditions, then we cannot truly benefit from this bounty of Khilafat. If one does not offer Salat and Zakat and does not fulfill the rights owed to Allah the Almighty and the rights owed to humankind, then as it has been stated, that they cannot attain the mercy and blessings of Allah the Almighty. Thus, simply learning about our history and celebrating Khilafat Day will not suffice until we become true servants and until we become those who safeguard this Salat and until we fulfill the rights owed to humankind and the rights owed to Allah the Almighty. Therefore, simply celebrating Khilafat Day will be of no benefit to us if we do not fulfill these objectives. Therefore, we must reflect upon ourselves and analyze the level of our faith. We must ask ourselves the question that do we fear Allah the Almighty? And do we tread upon the minutest aspects of taqwa, i.e., righteousness? And do we love Allah the Almighty more than anything else? And are we completely obedient to Allah the Almighty and His Messenger, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon Him? Also, alongside this, we must be mindful of our actions and assess whether they conform with the true teachings of Islam. We must ask ourselves that are our actions and offering our salat merely to show others? Are we spending in the way of Allah the Almighty and paying the zakat merely to show others? Or are we fasting merely to show others? Or are we offering hajj merely to be regarded as a haji, i.e. title for one who performs the pilgrimage? We can only be truly obedient to Allah the Almighty and His Messenger, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon Him, and can attain peace of mind and security only when our actions are solely for the purpose of attaining Allah the Almighty's pleasure. And such a society or an atmosphere under the shade of Khilafat can only be established when each of our actions is truly fulfilling the rights owed to Allah the Almighty and the rights owed to humankind. Therefore, it is not enough to merely utter words. Rather, we must always be mindful of this instruction of Allah the Almighty, which is that those believers will benefit from this Khilafat who do good works. The promised Messiah, alayhi salatu states, 
that in the Holy Qur'an, God Almighty has prescribed performing righteous deeds along with faith. An action is considered pious or good when it is free from every kind of blemish. Remember, man's actions always fall prey to thieves. But who are those thieves? It is pretentiousness. In other words, when man carries out a deed in order to show other people, then there is ujab, which means to carry out a deed and to be greatly pleased with their own actions. Similarly, all sorts of vices and evils, which at times one may not even realize they are committing, and ultimately they ruin one's good deeds. Thus, righteous deeds are those deeds which are free from even the thought of all injustices, conceit, pretentiousness, arrogance and usurping the rights of others. This, in essence, is true righteous deeds. It is not merely refraining from committing an evil deed. In fact, the promised Messiah stated that even the thought of doing so should not enter one's mind. Only then one can be called a true believer and one who performs good deeds. The Promised Messiah further states that just as one can be safeguarded due to their righteous deeds in the hereafter, they can be safeguarded through them in this world as well. The Promised Messiah further states, even if there is one individual in the home who carries out virtuous deeds, the entire house can be saved as a result. Be mindful of this fact that until one carries out virtuous deeds, simply professing belief is of no benefit. Hence, Righteous deeds are absolutely necessary condition alongside faith. The promised Messiah then further states that righteous deeds cannot be performed purely out of our own understanding and assumptions and nor by merely stating that such and such act is a good deed. In fact, righteous deeds in reality are those which are free from all blemishes because Saleh i.e. righteous, is the opposite of fasad, i.e. corruption or disorder. Just as in the case of food, it can only be considered wholesome when it is neither raw nor burnt, and nor is it of low quality. Rather, it is such that it is immediately consumed by the body. In other words, it becomes part of the body, and such a food is wholesome in which there is nothing lacking. The Promised Messiah further states that in the same manner it is essential that righteous deeds must not have any kind of blemish in them. In other words, they should be in line with the commandments of Allah the Almighty. Those actions should be according to whatever Allah the Almighty has commanded and also in line with the practice i.e. the sunnah of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. In other words, those deeds should be according to whatever the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, did and demonstrated. Furthermore, there should be no aspect of indolence, i.e. laziness, when carrying out an action, nor any ujub, i.e. being pleased with one's own actions, pretentiousness, or be merely according to one's own understanding. It is only then that such an action would be deemed as a righteous deed. One should not make up their own definitions and interpretations of what a righteous deed is. 
nor continue assuming that it can mean this and that. Instead, if one acts in word and in letter according to the commands of Allah the Almighty and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, only then such an action will be considered as a righteous deed. The Promised Messiah then further states that this is of extreme importance. If one attains this stage, then know for sure that they shall be the recipients of the blessings of Allah the Almighty's promise. Thus, these are the people who truly fulfill the oath of establishing Khilafat Ahmadiyya and not those who, after seeing how they can acquire personal benefit, begin to offer their own interpretations of what is a righteous deed and what a maruf decision means. And in such an instance, their arrogance overtakes them. And the proclamations of such people of remaining attached to Khilafat can be of no benefit whatsoever, no matter how many times they claim to be attached to Khilafat. But those who obey and follow Khilafat with true sincerity are the ones who shall have a bond of loyalty with Khilafat in its truest sense. They are the ones who safeguard the institution of Khilafat and who are themselves safeguarded by Khilafat. The prayers of the Khalifa of the time shall be with them and their troubles and worries shall draw the prayers of the Khalifa of the time. They are the ones who commit righteous deeds and whose connection with Khilafat and the bond of Khilafat with them are for the sake of attaining the pleasure of Allah the Almighty. Therefore, this is the true Khilafat in which the bond between the community and the Khalifa of the time is purely for the sake of acquiring the pleasure of Allah the Almighty. This is the Khilafat which shall be a means of stability and security. And this is the relationship between the members of the community and the Khalifa of the time, which shall enable both to receive the bounties of Allah the Almighty. Other Muslims desire to establish Khilafat, but they want to do so through worldly means and planning. However, this can never avail them, and nor can Khilafat be established through such efforts, no matter how hard they try. Now Khilafat shall continue as Allah the Almighty has decreed. Thus, on the one hand, this should instill within us sentiments of gratitude and cause us to prostrate before Allah the Almighty in that He has favoured us with the blessing of Khilafat. But at the same time, whilst always keeping the fear of Allah the Almighty in our hearts, we must always assess our actions as to whether they are in line with the commandments of Allah the Almighty and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon Him, and whether our fulfilment of the rights owed to God 
and the rights owed to humankind is in accordance with the standard Allah the Almighty has prescribed. Thus, where every moment of an Ahmadi should be spent in gratitude to Allah the Almighty for granting us the blessing of Khilafat, they should also spend that time assessing themselves as to whether they are fulfilling the commandments of Allah the Almighty. When one lives their life bearing this point in mind and then molds their actions in accordance with this and prays for Khilafat to remain firmly established, it is then that they shall continue to receive Allah the Almighty's bounties and blessings. The promised Messiah والسلام, has taught us this very same thing, that Allah the Almighty has reassured him that the institution of Khilafat shall remain established and these glad tidings given to him by Allah the Almighty shall indeed be fulfilled if we continue to fulfill its conditions. In his book Al-Wasiyyat, The Will, the promised Messiah والسلام, described with regards to the institution of Khilafat in great detail. The promised Messiah والسلام, states that this is the way of God and ever since he created man on earth, he has always been demonstrating this divine practice. He helps his prophets and messengers and grants them success and predominance. Just as he states, that his God has ordained that he and his prophets shall prevail. And by predominance is meant that as messengers and prophets desire that God's hujat, i.e. the will or purpose of God is established in the world and no one is able to oppose it, so in turn does God demonstrate with powerful signs their truthfulness as well as the truth they wish to spread in the world. And he lets them sow the seed of it, i.e. the truth, but he does not let it come to full fruition at their hands. Rather, he causes them to die at such time as apparently forebodes a kind of failure and thereby provides an opportunity for the opponents to laugh at, ridicule, taunt and reproach the prophets. And after they have had their fill of ridicule and reproach, he reveals yet another dimension of his might and creates such means by which the objectives, which had to some extent remained incomplete, are fully realized. The demise of the promised Messiah was a shock to every Ahmadi and left them grief-stricken. But at the same time, the opponents rejoiced and marked it as a festive occasion. When the promised Messiah passed away, such disgraceful statements were issued that upon hearing them, one would be ashamed to hear such language. Such appalling statements were issued that one is left astounded that a person who believes in Allah and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, could fall to such a low ebb. I do not need to mention these malicious comments, but I will highlight some of the efforts of the opponents which show how they tried their utmost to finish the Jamaat after the demise of the promised Messiah, alayhi salatu wasalam. The opponents tried to break up the Jamaat and spread lies that Ahmadis had repented from Ahmadiyyat. For example, the followers of Pir Jamaat Ali Shah said that Ahmadis had repented from Ahmadiyyat and were now pledging allegiance. In other words, 
after the demise of the promised Messiah والسلام, Ahmadis had turned away from Ahmadiyyat and were joining them. Whilst advising the Ahmadis, Khwaja Hassan Nizami Sahib said that Ahmadis ought to reject Mirza Sahib's claim of being the Messiah and Mahdi. Otherwise, without the presence of an intelligent and well-organized individual such as Mirza Sahib, there is a danger that the Ahmadiyya Jamaat would be unable to survive the backlash from its opponents and would break apart. He imparted this advice in a very politically tactful manner in the guise of softly spoken words. And though he appeared to have a very serious demeanour, however, he tried to act out as if he was saying this out of his simplicity and sympathy for Ahmadis that Mirza Sahib has passed away and that there is nobody that could now lead the Jamaat and that is why Ahmadis ought to leave Ahmadiyyat and join with them. But little did he know that he could not envisage the grandeur of those promises that Allah the Almighty had vouchsafed to the promised Messiah wherein Allah the Almighty revealed to him through his revelation that he was with the promised Messiah and his loved ones. Allah the Almighty gave glad tidings to the promised Messiah and reassured him that after him the institution of Khilafat would be established and through the institution of Khilafat these promises and prophecies would certainly be fulfilled. The Promised Messiah stated that the communities of Prophets always witness the second manifestation of God's power and by giving the example of a Prophet here it answers the doubts of those Ahmadis of weaker faith who at times hesitate to mention that the Promised Messiah was a Prophet. This has clarified this point in that the Promised Messiah himself declares that his community is the community of a Prophet and that he himself was a Prophet. The Promised Messiah further stated that the communities of Prophets always witness the second manifestation of God's power and those who believe and do good deeds will witness this. Regarding the continuation of the second manifestation of Allah the Almighty's power, the Promised Messiah states, The Promised Messiah states that thus he manifests two kinds of power. First, he shows the hand of his power at the hands of his prophets themselves. And second, when the death of a prophet, difficulties and problems arise and the enemy feels stronger and thinks that things are in disarray and is convinced that now this Jamaat will become extinct and even members of the Jamaat too are in quandary and their backs are broken and some of the unfortunate ones choose paths that lead to apostasy, then it is that God for the second time shows his mighty power and supports and takes care of the shaken Jamaat. Thus, one who remains steadfast till the end witnesses the miracle of God. This is what happened at the time of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq when the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was considered untimely and many an ignorant Bedouin turned apostate 
the companions of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him too, stricken with grief, became like those who lose their senses. It was then that Allah raised Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu and showed for the second time the manifestation of his power and saved Islam just when it was about to fall and fulfilled the promise which was spelled out in the verse That is, after the fear we shall firmly re-establish them. The Promised Messiah further states, So dear friends, since it is the Sunnatullah, i.e. the practice of God from time immemorial, that God Almighty shows two manifestations, so that the two false joys of the opponents be put to an end, it is not possible now that God should relinquish his sunnah of old. So do not grieve over what I have said to you, nor should your hearts be distressed. For it is essential for you to witness the second manifestation also, and its coming is better for you, because it is everlasting, the continuity of which will not end until the day of judgment. And that second manifestation cannot come unless I depart. But when I depart, God will send that second manifestation for you, which shall always stay with you, just as promised by God in Brahine Ahmadiyya. The Promised Messiah further states, And this promise is not for my person. Rather, the promise is with reference to you. As God addressing me says, I shall make this Jamaat, who are your followers, prevail over others till the day of judgment. Thus, it is inevitable that you see the day of my departure, so that after that day, the day comes which is the day of everlasting promise. Our God is He who keeps His promise and is faithful and is a truthful God. He shall show you all that He has promised. Though these days are the last days of this world and there are many a disaster waiting to happen, yet it is necessary that this world continues to exist until all those things about which God has prophesied come to pass. I came from God as a manifestation of divine providence and I am a personification of His power. And after I am gone there will be some other persons who will be the manifestation of the second power of God. So while waiting for the second manifestation of His power, you all together keep yourselves busy praying. Thus, in accordance with the prophecies of the Promised Messiah which had been vouchsafed to him by Allah the Almighty, we are witnessing the fulfilment of Allah's blessings word for word for the past 113 years. Upon the demise of the Promised Messiah some people began saying that the head of the Jamaat has been severed, as it were, and now they have nothing left. Some of these statements I mentioned earlier, wherein they stated that Ahmadis should abandon the Jamaat as there is nobody to take leadership now. And regarding Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I, anhu, the Curzon Gazette newspaper stated, What are the Mirzais left with now? Their head has been severed, and the person who has become their Imam, this was written after Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I anhu, had been elected as Khalifa, that the person who has become their Imam he will not be able to do anything other than to teach them the Qur'an in the mosque. 
However, these ignorant ones who are devoid of wisdom, what would they know that this was that magnificent task for which Hazrat Ibrahim salam prayed that an extraordinary prophet ought to be raised from among his progeny? And this was the magnificent Sharia which was brought by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And that this is the most perfect and excellent book through which those who read it and teach it will succeed in this world and in the hereafter. The promised Messiah was sent by God to further spread the teachings of this very book. And it was for this very objective that the institution of Khilafat has been established. Nonetheless, upon hearing this, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I stated that may Allah ensure that this transpires and I am able to teach you the Qur'an alone. And this is something that Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I did so in an exceptional manner. And the enemies who thought that the organization of the Jamaat would fall into disarray and that it would break apart were left as resentful as ever. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I answered the hypocrites and those who supported Sadr Anjuman as an absolute authority in such a manner that no one had the strength to spread any evil. In his first speech as Khalifa, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I stated, Irrespective of whatever your emotions or opinions are, you must now fully obey my commands. Then, on another occasion, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I delivered an emphatic speech in Masjid Mubarak Qadiyan. He stated, Through your actions you have caused me so much pain that I am not even standing in the part of the mosque that you have built. I am standing in the mosque of my Mirza. In other words, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I was standing in the part of the mosque that was built in the beginning in the time of the Promised Messiah as opposed to standing in that part of the mosque that was constructed later using the donations of the Jamaat members. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I further stated that I do not stand in that part of the mosque, rather I stand in the original part of the mosque which was constructed in the time of the Promised Messiah or the part that existed from before the extension. He further stated that I declared that both the Anjuman and the Jamaat are to obey the Khalifa and both are to serve him. In other words, both the Anjuman and the believers are to serve the Khalifa. The Anjuman is an advisor. In this capacity, advice can be sought from it, and indeed seeking advice is important. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I then further stated that whoever said that the duty of the Khalifa is only to take the Pledge of Allegiance and the actual authority belongs to the Anjuman ought to repent. God has informed me that if anyone from among this Jamaat leaves me, and becomes an apostate, then God will grant me a jamaat of people in his place. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I then stated that it is alleged that the role of a Khalifa is only to lead the prayers and announce the nikah, and also take the Pledge of Allegiance. This can be carried out by any mullah, a religious cleric. What need is there to appoint a Khalifa for it? There is no stipulation that a Khalifa is needed in order to carry out these tasks. He further stated, that there is no condition stating that this must only be carried out by Khalifa. I do not give any importance or value in taking birth of this nature. 
True birth is one which comprises of complete obedience, whereby one does not disregard even a single instruction issued by the Khalifa. Thus, through this address, not only were the plans of the hypocrites foiled, but it has also silenced the enemies. The person they deemed to be weak and old, when he spoke with the succor of God Almighty, it silenced them, and they fell back down vanquished. Those that were once applauding were forced to hide their faces. The sincere members of the Jamaat were invigorated and pledged allegiance again, and the world looked on just how the Jamaat began to progress and flourish. Then in March 1914, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I ta'ala passed away, and this incident sent shockwaves throughout the Jamaat. And supporters of the Anjuman, who were adamant that the real successor to the promised Messiah والسلام, was the Anjuman, and were only silent due to Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I anhu, once again became active. And similarly, the hypocrites also began their activities. However, in line with the promises of Allah the Almighty vouchsafed to the promised Messiah والسلام, once again the institution of Khilafat was held by the hand of Allah the Almighty's support. The supporters of the Anjuman were worried that the Jamaat would elect Hazrat Mirza Bashiruddin Mahmud Ahmad as the next Khalifa. And so they tried their level best to prevent this from happening and delay this even for a brief period. Hazrat Mirza Bashiruddin Mahmud Ahmad openly stated that a Khalifa must be elected and at the same time I will clarify that I have no desire to become the Khalifa. Whosoever you elect as the Khalifa, my entire family and I are ready to pledge allegiance to him sincerely. However, the people who considered themselves to be extremely wise and wanted to take the leadership were worried the decision would be in favour of Hazrat Mirza Bashiruddin Mahmud Ahmad and therefore did not accept this. When Hazrat Mirza Bashiruddin Mahmud Ahmad, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih II stated that he was prepared to pledge allegiance to anyone they elect as the Khalifa, but there must be a Khalifa, they still did not accept this. Nonetheless, in accordance with the will left behind by the promised Messiah, the believers gathered in Masjid Nur and approximately 2,000 people or slightly more than this all accepted Hazrat Mirza Bashiruddin Mahmud Ahmad anhu as their Khalifa and people were leaping over one another in order to pledge allegiance. Those present at the time have written that it seemed as though the angels were taking hold of people and bringing them to pledge allegiance after the election. Upon witnessing all of this, the supporters of the Anjuman, some of whom were very prominent members, took all the treasury and left. But once again, the world is a witness to how Allah the Almighty established the grandeur and majesty of the Jamaat through Khilafat the Ahmadiyya. And Hazrat Muslim Aud, the second Khalifa's 52-year reign as a Khalifa is a proof that the youth to whom Allah the Almighty handed the reins of Khilafat took the Jamaat to ever new heights of success 
at a rapid pace. And those people who looted the wealth of the Anjuman and claimed that Christians would soon rule over Qadian, their progenies today are seeing that Allah the Almighty's support is with Khilafat Ahmadiyya. And it is through the institution of Khilafat Ahmadiyya that we are witnessing that Christians are coming under the flag of the Messiah of Muhammad. This is what we are witnessing. Hazrat Muslim Maud established various missions throughout the world. In Africa, Christian missionaries did not have the strength or the courage to stand up to Ahmadi missionaries. Eventually, they had to concede that Ahmadiyya became a great obstacle in the progress of Christianity and this has been mentioned in their reports as well. Thus, whether it was to foil the plans to attack Qadian, the field of propagating the message or the migration, at every step this resolute and determined Khalifa steered the ship of the Jamaat with the help and succour of Allah the Almighty and took it to ever new heights of success and safeguarded it. And then, in accordance with divine decree, when Hazrat Muslim Allah passed away, in November 1965, Allah the Almighty established another sign of the second manifestation of Allah's power. And once again, Allah the Almighty gathered the Jamaat at the hand of Hazrat Mirza Nasir Ahmad, Khalifatul Masih III, Rahimahullah, and transformed their state of fear into peace. And once again, the Jamaat continued to attain new heights of success. A new era began of establishing schools and hospitals in Africa and also introducing Ahmadiyya to Africa. The Jamaat began to be introduced across the world. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah toured some of the African countries and this visit had an extraordinary impact. This was the very first time any Khalifa had visited Africa. Then in 1974, the government of Pakistan at the time began an extremely strong campaign against the Ahmadis and passed a law to declare Ahmadis as non-Muslims. However, under the protection of Khilafat, the Jamaat successfully escaped this dangerous onslaught and the efforts of the opponents to impede the success of the Jamaat were completely foiled and frustrated. The opponents, who would think that they would reduce the Jamaat into an extremely helpless state, however, their aspirations were completely ruined and in turn, Allah the Almighty opened new avenues of wealth for the Jamaat. At the time, members of the Jamaat were financially rendered into a very crippled state, or rather they tried to do so, but Allah the Almighty granted them means of affluence. 
and Allah the Almighty also enabled them to migrate from there as well. Therefore, those people who migrated to Germany or any other country after 1974, they were granted a lot of affluence, and thus they ought to inform their children and their future progenies that how the enemy made efforts against them, but then how Allah the Almighty opened new avenues for them under the shade of Khilafat and granted them thousand times more affluence than before. Then in June 1982, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah passed away and once again Allah the Almighty, in accordance to his promise, transformed the Jamaat state of fear into peace through Hazrat Mirza Tahir Ahmad Khalifatul Masih IV Rahimahullah. At the time, the opponents were left completely stunned upon witnessing the success of the Jamaat and once again sought to hatch new plans and completely destroy Khilafat Ahmadiyya. And on the one hand, the enemy in its own estimation sought to launch a deadly attack, but these ignorant people who are bereft of any wisdom fail to understand the plans of the Divine. And thus, through extraordinary help and support, Allah the Almighty enabled Hazrat Khalifatul Masih the fourth Rahimahullah to migrate from Pakistan and the opponents were left watching. And then after the migration of the fourth Khalifa, a new era of success began and through the satellite broadcast, the Khalifa of the time, Ahmadiyyad and the true message of Islam began to not only reach the home of every Ahmadi, but even the non-Ahmadis all over the world And similarly, new avenues of tabliq opened. And Ahmadiyyat was established for the first time in many countries and the true message of Islam began to spread. The publication of the Holy Qur'an increased even more than before and its translations were produced in new languages. Then, in accordance with the divine decree, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih the fourth Rahimahullah passed away in April 2003. And once again, this news shocked the Jamaat. And the enemy, again in their estimation, thought that this was the perfect opportunity to now bring an end to the Jamaat. However, in accordance to the promises vouchsafed by Allah the Almighty to the promised Messiah, alayhi salatu wasalam, he once again granted his support to the Jamaat and did it in such a manner that even the opposing Mulvis, i.e. clerics, acknowledged that despite them not considering us to be truthful, the practical manifestation of God's succour and support was with the Jamaat and they were a witness to this. However, despite knowing that the practical manifestation of Allah the Almighty's support and help is with us, they are unwilling to accept Ahmadiyyat. Allah the Almighty heard the prayers of the believers and transformed their state of fear into peace. And through the promised Messiah, والسلام, the era of the fifth Khilafat began in the history of Islam. In the early era of Islam, the Khilafat Rashida was only limited to four Khalifas. And this had been prophesied by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. 
And now, the era of the fifth Khalifa, which has started through the promised Messiah is also in accordance to the prophecy of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Since the advent of the promised Messiah many new chapters have been written in the history of Islam and the era of the fifth Khilafat is also one of them. The opponents thought that the leadership of the Jamaat is no longer in strong hands. But little do they know that the true hand that is leading the Jamaat is in fact the hand of God and He grants strength to those whom He is with and supports. Today, the opponents look towards the success of the Jamaat with great envy, even more than before. The introduction of the Jamaat and its global recognition in this era has happened in an extraordinary manner, among every section of society and at every level. And this is being done in an extraordinary manner. I am a very weak person, and this success is not owing to any excellence on my part. The Ahmadiyya community is being introduced to the leaders of the various governments of the world and in their parliaments, purely owing to the grace of Allah the Almighty and in accordance to his promises vouchsafed to the promised Messiah And this is all happening in fulfilment of the prophecies of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. We witness the blessings of Allah the Almighty on a daily basis. The publication of the Holy Qur'an and the translation of the books of the Promised Messiah into various languages has increased even more than before. And through MTA, the true message of Islam is reaching every country of the world. Initially, there was only one channel and it was shown in one language. And now MTA has eight different channels operating all around the world. MTA studios have been established in various countries of the world from which MTA programs are prepared. The studios are not just located at one place, but have been established in various locations across Africa, North America and Europe. And yet, when we look at our means and resources, it seems impossible for us to do this. Similarly, the true message of Islam is being propagated through social media. The government in Pakistan has imposed restrictions through various means, but new avenues have opened for us by Allah the Almighty in other countries of the world. Then, during the COVID-19 pandemic, Allah the Almighty has taught us a new approach of how one can strengthen their bond with Khilafat, which is through the online or virtual meetings. Through this means, various meetings are taking place and direct communication has been established with the Jamaat and members are able to seek direct guidance from the Khalifa of the time. Whilst residing here in London, I am meeting people in countries in Africa or Indonesia, Australia or USA, etc. And all of these are the signs of Allah the Almighty's support which we are witnessing. Thus, we should never forget that we should always do true justice to these signs of Allah the Almighty's grace and the blessings He is bestowing upon us through Khilafat, so that we can continue to partake of this reward till the Day of Judgment as prophesied by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. 
Allah the Almighty has vouchsafed his promise to grant success to the promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam and Allah the Almighty does not break his promise. However, we have to continue to fulfill our responsibilities in order to partake of these blessings. We should always remain grateful servants of Allah the Almighty and prostrate before him and we ought to demonstrate our gratitude for this blessing of Khilafah through every word and deed. We ought to be ever ready to make every kind of sacrifice in order to fulfill our pledge of obedience to Khilafah till our very last breath. It is only then that we can do true justice in instilling the spirit of obedience in our future progenies till the day of judgment. Those amongst us who are ready to make every kind of sacrifice whilst remaining firm upon their faith, the promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam, has reassured them of becoming the recipients of Allah the Almighty's blessings. In relation to this, the promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam, states, that do not think that God will let you go to waste. You are the seed which the hand of God has sown in the earth. God says that this seed will grow and flower and its branches will spread in all directions and it will become a huge tree. So blessed is one who believes in what God says and does not fear the trials which he suffers in his path. For the coming of trials is essential so that God may try you to see who is true in his declaration of bad and who is false. Whoever falters in the face of a trial would do no harm to God whatsoever and ill luck would only land him in hell. Were he not born, it would have been better for him. But all those who remain steadfast till the end, they will be shaken with quakes of calamities and battered with storms of misfortune, ridiculed and mocked by people and hated and reviled by the world. They shall at last come out victorious and doors of blessings shall be opened for them. God addressed me and said that I should inform my Jamaat that those who believe and their belief is not tainted with worldly considerations and is free from hypocrisy and cowardice and is not found wanting at any stage of obedience. Such people are the favourites of God. And God says that indeed these are the ones whose station is that of truth. The promised Messiah further states, that God's word informs me that many calamities will occur and many disasters will descend on the earth, some during my lifetime and some after I have gone, and he will promote and advance this jamaat to the full. A part of it will happen at my hands and some after me. Inshallah, God willing, this success is destined to happen. However, may Allah the Almighty always enable us to remain steadfast. May Allah the Almighty enable us to witness for ourselves the signs of the complete success of the community. May Allah the Almighty enable us to fulfill the pledges we have made so that we can witness the fulfillment of Allah the Almighty's promises in our very lives. May our worship, prayers and our deeds attain the pleasure of Allah the Almighty. And may we develop a true understanding of the institution of Khilafat and teach this to our progenies as well, so that our future progenies continue to benefit from these blessings until the Day of Judgment. (laughs) 
I again draw your attention towards prayers. Remember the Ahmadis in Pakistan in your prayers and also the other Ahmadis being oppressed anywhere else in the world. Pray for the Muslims facing injustices whether they are in Palestine or anywhere else in the world. May Allah the Almighty alleviate their hardships and create ease for them. May Allah the Almighty enable the Ahmadis to truly adhere to the teachings of the promised Messiah alayhi salatu and become true Ahmadis. And those Muslims who have not yet accepted the promised Messiah alayhi salatu may Allah the Almighty enable them to recognize the promised Messiah alayhi salam and enter his bed. And may we quickly witness the flag of Islam and the flag of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him raised aloft in the world and witness the Tawheed, i.e. belief in one God established all over the world. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Nahmadu wa nasta'inu wa nasta'gfiru wa n'amenu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi wa na'awzu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyati amalina وَمَن يُضْلِلْنَ فَلَا هَادِيَ لَهُ وَنَشْهَدُ أَن لَّا إِلَٰهَ إِلَّا